Well, good morning, Midtown. How are you doing? Good. It's good to be with you guys. You know, I know we have three campuses, actually four if you count online, but I think that you guys are the best-looking campus of all the campuses. I just don't tell anybody else that, but I, we'll keep that between us. And, and, uh, and thank you, Erskine. Uh, I want to say hello to our online family. Can we wave to our online family? Online family, we love you guys. We miss you. Can't wait for you to come back. And uh, thanks for joining with us on, on Memorial Day weekend, for sure. Um, as, as Erskine said, my name is Chris, and uh, Lisa and I, my wife, we are honored to serve here at Victory. The entire youth and young adult campus, or, or department, excuse me, across all campuses. And I, I've said this many times from different platforms at Victory, but I'll just say it one more time. It is so good to be in a church that truly loves believes and invest into the next generation. Isn't that right, Victory? There is no such thing as a junior Holy Spirit. All right, and our children and our young people and our college students and young adults, they can, we believe, truly, we believe they can make a difference now. They don't have to wait till they become adults to make a difference. They can make a difference now, amen? Amen. I do got to say, Lisa and I just celebrated 25 years married, people. We serve a miracle-working God. I'm just, just going to lay that out there, and that's me. <laughs> I'm the miracle for sure. And uh, we've been also ministering to young people for almost that entire time. So you got to be called, and you got to be just a little bit crazy to be in youth ministry. And we're both. So... Uh, and just super honored to be with you guys today. I'm, I am Pastor Mo's designated hitter, and Pastor Mo and Pastor Kendra and Baby Maximus is almost here, church. So it's going to be amazing. And, and before I pray and dive into the Word, we're actually going to pray for Mama and Baby that it's going to go well, it's going to go smooth, it's going to be all good in Jesus' name. And Mo's going to stand there and cheer them all, right? So... If you're a daddy, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's the most helpless feeling <laughs> in the world, but it's awesome at the same time. So uh, we're going to, we are, as you just heard, we're going to go into this series, Fences. But before we do, let's pray. Lord, we are uh, busy people. And I thank you for uh, uh, just a moment here that is so quickly gone. So we just silence all the noise and all the things that call our name and and right now, Holy Spirit, we want to hear you speak, not a man on a platform. So we open our ears and our eyes to hear and see you, Lord. So we just, all the stuff, even the important things, God, we silence it all for these few moments to receive your word. And Father, we do want to pray for our pastors. We pray for Pastor Mo, Pastor Kendra. We pray for baby Maximus in Jesus' name. Come on, let's just agree together. Lord, right now, you know the day and the hour, and we pray for the perfect nurses and the shift and the doctors and all that. It would just be perfect, God. It would go smooth. We pray against any complications in Jesus' name, and we just can't wait for baby Maximus to come into the world. We pray for mama. We pray grace over her and strength in Jesus' name, and I speak encouragement to Mo's heart in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody said, 
Amen. Hey, if you have your Bible, if you want to, turn to Genesis chapter 2. We're going to go there in just a couple minutes on your phone or uh, on a leather-bound book. They still make those things called Bibles, actually. But, um, but anyway, we're in the series Fences. Somebody say Fences. I'm going to have you talk back to me if that's okay. I don't think that's anything new here at Midtown. But, uh, but anyway, and when we were diving into this prep and praying about this series, the, the one thing that came up that would really connect it for all of us, it definitely connected for me, is the Sequoia National Forest. Has anybody ever been to the Sequoia National Forest? It's in Three Rivers, California. And it is pretty breathtaking. It's pretty amazing. We might have a couple of pictures up here to give you a little context, but it doesn't even do justice. By the way, that's a human being down there, if you could see that. Um, and those ginormous trees, the sequoia trees, uh, they're in Cali. And it is, it's breathtaking. Uh, it's, it's amazing. These huge trees, the largest trees in the world, right there. And the largest tree in the world of all these trees is named appropriately so General Sherman. I think we got a picture right here. So this is General Sherman and that's just the trunk. So uh, it is a ginormous tree. And let me just kind of tell you about old General Sherman. He, uh, literally this tree is 275 feet tall. To give you point of reference, that's a 25-story building. Okay? Also, it's a 103 foot circumference. So that's going to take like a big group of people to put a hug on that thing. One person can't do it. The crazy thing is, General Sherman weighs 3 million pounds. My gosh, 3 million pounds. That's just like unrealistic. Like, what? And then, and then this is the really crazy thing is, General Sherman is 2,200 years old. So think about this, church. This tree was around when Jesus, the Son of God, was on the earth. That's how old this tree is. That's pretty amazing when you think about it. And it's, it's just crazy, these ginormous trees, humongous, humongous trees. General Sherman, the largest one. And, but here's the crazy thing about it. They have this very shallow root system right underneath the surface. Maybe 40 to 60, sometimes 100 feet wide, their root system, but very, very shallow. And when the National Park and the government came in and actually called it a National Park, of course, all of us humans jumped in there to take a look at all this incredible beauty, ginormous trees. And one day, I'm giving you just a little story here, one day the National Park Rangers came to work like they do every day and there was a huge tree on the ground. And then, to their surprise, the next day, another tree on the ground. And at alarming rate, sequoia trees were dying and they would come and be fallen on the ground. And they quickly were freaking out, trying to figure out, what do we do here? This is not good. We're going to lose these incredible trees. And they did some research and found out that it was a foot traffic problem. Because of the very shallow roots that people, you know, of course, you see these trees, 
You want to hug it. You want to touch it. You're going to be all over. You're going to take pictures of it. You're going to do all that and more. And so people were constantly walking on the roots. And what they didn't know is they were damaging them. And these organisms, these living organisms, they drink more water than any other living organism in the world. So it was literally choking the life out of these trees. And they were falling at an alarming rate. Look it up. It's a really interesting story. And uh, anyway, to bring it to a close with the story part, um, somebody came up with a brilliant idea. Fences. Let's build a fence and put it around certain areas and certain trees, and specifically the trees that they needed to protect. And now, if you were to visit out there, and I would encourage you to go sometime, you're going to see these trees that are safe, they're preserved, and they're healthy, and they're going to be around for years to come. Now, maybe some of you already, you kind of know where I'm going. Somebody say fences. We need fences in our lives. And just like the sequoia tree, when you think about it, uh, those trees now, because they built these simple fences, and yes, I've seen video where people jump the fence to take a picture, but those fences are there to protect the life of the tree so they can be around for the long haul. Somebody say the long haul. Anybody in the room want to be around for the long haul? Hello. I, I've never met in all my years, I'm almost 50, I've never met anybody that says, yeah, I just want to live a short life. You know, just take me out early, I'm go to the great yonder. You know, no, all of us want to be around for the long haul. I, I'm a dad of three, my kids are older. Uh, I want to see my grandkids, not anytime soon, but I want to see them sooner, you know, later down the road. And... Um, but I'm, I'm looking forward to, to being a part of that life, that next chapter. And, and again, it's, we have to, if we're going to be around for the long haul, if we're going to be a people that are making a difference for the long haul, if we're going to protect ourselves, our root systems, we need to have fences. Somebody say fences. We put fences, listen to me, Midtown, we put fences around things that are valuable. I mean, think about it. If we're going to go real big scale, Statue of Liberty's got a fence around it. Mona Lisa's got a fence around it. The Declaration of Independence, it literally has a barrier. You can't just touch the actual Declaration of Independence. Or let's get real personal. Uh, When our kids were little, there were a couple houses in our travels where we had to build a fence. Now, I didn't build the fence. That is not my skill set. But we paid someone to build a fence And there was peace of mind for us as parents when our kids were little, running around. Any dog lovers in the room? Hello. All right, not many dog lovers in the room. All right, so uh, any cat lovers in the room at all? All right, I I personally think that dogs are from heaven and cats are, anyway, so. But I'm a dog lover, sorry, don't hold it against me. Uh, I'm a dog lover and I grew up with German shepherds and I grew up in the country And these shepherds were trained to come back when my dad or me and my brothers called them. Since I've been married, we lost the art of training, and we've had all these little dogs. I blame her. And we've got a really little dog that looks like the how to train a dragon, you know, kind of black creature. I can't remember what his name is, but that's what he looks like when he does his ears, kind of like that. He's real little. And I'm telling you, if we didn't have a fence when we moved here 11 months ago, 
If we didn't have a fence, that dog would have been lost day one. Fences are for security, safety, and to keep things safe and preserved. Are you with me this morning? You know, and, and when you think about it, like, the, the, the fence is there for that peace of mind, for security reasons. Well, listen, when we put fences around things like, you know, backyards, or I'll even give you another fence or a, a barrier, your front door. I don't know about you, but I've got ring at my front door. I know who's coming from my telephone. And my front door, we're not just going to open the door anyway. The door is there. It's important. Fences are important. Boundaries are important. Why? Look right here on the screen. Because fences keep bad things out and good things in. Fences keep bad things out and good things in. So, so hear me, Midtown. If we put fences in backyards and we got doors and we put fences around special things, valuable things, here's my question to us right here on the screen. If we put fences around things that are valuable, why is it that so few Christ followers don't have fences in their lives personally over the important areas? L let me ask you this question like this. What fences have you and I put in place to preserve that will be around for the long haul. Hello. Not just wishful thinking, man, I hope one day I'll be around for the long haul. What fences have you and I, what fences have you put in place that will determine I'm going to be here for the long haul? And by the way, when I'm, when I'm talking about you being around for the long haul, I'm not talking about you just existing. I'm not talking about you just barely getting by or living in survival mode, come on Midtown, God wants us to thrive in this life. Jesus said in the scriptures, he said, I've come to give you life and that abundantly. Let's look at the verse if we can right here. John 10, 10 says this, it says, there, uh, the thief, the thief comes only. Now look at this for a moment. The thief comes only, the word only, say only. The only reason hell comes is it's never to cheer you on. <laughs> hell is not your friend. The enemy is not your friend. If you're a new believer to Christianity, you have an enemy. He hates you. He ha if you're married, he hates your marriage. If you have a family, he hates your family. Why? Because you reflect Christ. You were made in the image of God. He hates everything about us. He only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But look what Jesus said. Jesus said, I've come that they may have life and have it abundantly. I want my children, God says, I want my children to thrive in this life. I want them to move forward in this life. I want them to be on fire for me in this life. I want, the Lord says, I want my children to emancipate my greatness in this life. And here's our prayer. God, we want to do it for the long haul. We want to do it for the long haul. Somebody say long haul. That's what, that's the prayer of, I believe every person, man, I want to be around for the long haul, but I don't want to just exist. I want to thrive in this life for the glory of God. And I want to do this for my king. And the way we do this is by fences. So over the next three weeks, this is a very short series. Over the next three weeks, we're going to talk about different fences and fences that protect our root system, our heart. Somebody say my heart. That's what a fence does. It, you, a spiritual fence, you build it and put it in place to protect your heart, all right? Fences that will protect us 
from having a hard, devastating fall. Church, listen to me. We're all going to stumble at times. We're all going to fall at times. We're all going to trip in life. But we don't believe in the will of God that you have to have a hard, devastating fall like those sequoias where you never come back. Those sequoias that fall, they become firewood. They're never longer that beautiful tree that we see. God is the God of the comeback. We know that because he defeated death. But we believe you can build fences in a way that you can protect yourself from a hard, devastating fall. And then also fences that will help us thrive in this life for the long haul. Are you with me this morning? All right. So Midtown, let me just say this to you before I give you the first fence that we're going to talk about today. It is never too late to start building fences in your life. I, I, don't, I don't know who the youngest is in the room. It's never too early. And I don't know who the oldest in the room. But it is never too late to start to build, or maybe somebody in the room, you, we've got, we all get lazy at times, to rebuild those spiritual fences in our life so that we can be around for the long haul. Amen? This, this, what I want to talk about the rest of our time together is the first fence that God created, the very first fence, and this is what we're going to focus on today. If you're taking notes, let's go there together because I'm going I'm to give you some good stuff, I believe, that will speak to you and help you. It's definitely helped me. A fence of rest. Somebody say rest. rest. Now, we're going to say that word again, and I want you to say it like you're sitting by a cool brook. Your socks and shoes are off. You're just hanging in the water there. Come on, you're just relaxing. Because, you know, a lot of times it can be a little tense. It's been a stressful week. Anybody have a little crazy week? That was my week for sure. I want us to say it on the count of three, and I want that to come. Let it come from your soul, Midtown, all right, that we serve a God of rest. Here we go. One, two, three. Rest. Ooh, that just felt good saying it. Listen, we serve a God of rest. Rest. And there's, here's the great thing about it. This was his first fence. Right here, Genesis chapter 2. You're already there. Look at it. Let's look at it together. Genesis chapter 2, starting at verse 1. Three verses. Here we go. So the creation of the heavens and the earth and everything in them was completed. On the seventh day. Somebody say seventh day. On the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation. He had been working for six long days. But on the seventh day, God finished his work of creation. So he, come on, say it with me. So he rested from all his work. And God, he not only rested, look at this, verse 3. God blessed the seventh day and he declared it what? He declared it holy. So he blesses this day. So first he rests on this day, no work at all. Then he blesses it and then he says, this day is holy. This is a holy day. Why? Because right here, last part of the verse, because it was the day when he rested from all his work of creation. Thank God for water. I'm feeling like those sequoias that need a little bit of water right now. So, so let's, let's think about this. That first fence of rest, that, excuse me, that first fence was rest. Now think about this. This is crazy. Six days, God's working. He's creating, unbelievable, to the point of man on the sixth day. He's everything that we see, he created. He was working. If you have a good work ethic, it comes from God. God is a worker bee. He knows how to work. 
but he also knows how to rest. So on the seventh day, and to think about the six days, they were all good. He called them good every day. Day one, day two, day three, day four, day five, day six. It's a good day. But on the seventh day, he rests and he calls that day holy. Somebody say holy. Holy means set apart for a special purpose. This day, God ordained. Now listen to me, Midtown. This is crazy to think about it. God created for you and me. He created the day of rest, the Sabbath, for his children to play, to enjoy, to relax. Somebody's like, what does that word mean? I, we're still figuring that out. To recuperate. A day that we can exhale and slow down and smell the roses instead of moving at Mach 10. A day we can, come on, I'm just going to say it, put away the telephone, the cell phone. Excuse me, I just showed my age. Put away the cell phone. Don't answer the email. To be able to really disconnect and enjoy and rest. And maybe somebody's here and you might be like, man, that sounds almost alien. That sounds like I, I can't even do that. I was there, and I'll share my, my story in a moment about that, but I'm telling you, what God ordains and creates for his children, he wants his children to enjoy. He wants his children to be a part of that. Listen to me, so much so, he made it one of the top ten commandments. It's the number fourth commandment that we would keep the Sabbath holy. That, it, that his children, see, God knows what we need. He created that day. It's the natural biological rhythm of our human clock that we need to take a day, and I'll just say it, and chill <laughs> and relax and let the inside of us, our spirit, even our physical body, recuperate and breathe. Somebody's like, man, I'm getting comfortable just thinking, here, listening to him talk about all this. But that's what God wants for us on that day. Look right here on the screen. When God said, when it says God rested, that word rest there is Shabbat. Somebody say Shabbat. Shabbat. Say it like you're, you got, you're, you're, I don't know, I can't even think. I was like, I just all day yesterday, I was like, Shabbat. It just has a little pop to it. Let's say it. Here we go. One, two, three. Shabbat. That word there, that's where we get our Sabbath word, literally, it means to, if I could just sum it up because you can read, it means to stop working. It means to stop. So think about this. For six days, God was working, 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 working. Man, this is good. This is good. This is good. On the seventh day, God stopped. He stopped working and he rested. This is the fence that we have to have in our lives. Listen to me, if we're going to be around for the long haul. If this inside is going to stay where it needs to stay with the Lord, healthy, speaking spiritually and physically, we've got to learn how to rest on the day that God gave us. It, everything, it, it just stopped. He stopped. Somebody say stopped. So, I want to bring up something very uh, relevant to all of our lives right now. Um, when, does anybody here remember when COVID-19 first hit the U.S.? 
Now, I know this can be a painful subject because it's been, it's been devastating, it's been hard, it's been tough. We lost a family member through it, so it's been tough on us. But I remember, if I look back in March, I remember when it hit. I knew something was crazy going on when the NBA canceled their season. Anybody remember that? I was like, what about my Hawks? They weren't so good then. They're better now. They better win this playoff. That's all I'm saying. They, they need to win. Uh, but all that to say, I, re I remember all of a sudden places of employment, signs, closed, closed, closed. We'll be back when. A lot of places. A lot of people lost jobs. We did. A lot of people did. It was crazy. The interstates were almost empty. The skies for a short season, no planes. It was nuts. Everything stopped. You remember that? It, it, was, it was crazy. We were stuck in transition. I had to get a job at a, at a grocery store called Publix, um, working there just to provide for the family. I was surrounded by a bunch of young people. God has such a great sense of humor. In, in a matter of literally weeks, they started calling me the preacher man, and I didn't tell anybody that I was a pastor. I'm just stuck in Alabama like, God, what are we doing? And how, by the way, did you know when you're telling God, Lord, I don't know what's going on, God's like, I got you. I know what's going on. And as painful and as tough as COVID was and is, and we are coming out of it in Jesus' name, Lord, please, can I just tell you what? We serve a God who can take all the mess and all the bad and he can turn it around and make it good. Our God is the only one who can take a tragedy and turn it into a triumph. That's the God we serve. But I remember, I remember, I don't know if you had this experience, but we were all in our houses. I mean, nobody was coming out when it was early. I'm talking about early. The only time we went out was to get groceries and the bare necessities. And about two months in, about May, we were in Bama at the time. And uh, I'm, by the way, I'm a Bama boy. Don't hold that against me, Georgia, all right? Um, but, and so we're with family, thank God. And I remember I was outside just having my cup of coffee. And uh, by the way, I just want you to know, coffee is gonna be in heaven, if you're wondering, all right? Along with sweet tea and Chick-fil-A. I'm just letting you know now. It's in Revelations 20, so, 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 so. But, but it's in there, it's in there, okay? And, and so I'm having my cup of coffee, my God time, sitting on my brother's back porch, asking God, what the heck are we doing? We're stuck, what's happening in the world? And I started hearing over a period of days, children and adults, parents. And we, we went outside and started seeing people in their front yards. I saw kids throwing ball with their parents. I saw little kids in these little, you know, small little pools uh, and saw kids in the backyard. And I'm, we were all getting, you know, claustrophobic. It's like, I'm getting out of here. You know, I saw people walking around. I saw families like literally walking as families on trails right behind my brother's backyard. And God brought this back to my memory as I was praying for you and preparing this message that the Lord was saying, Chris, you remember when all that was happening and it struck your attention? I mean, I know this, Lisa and I know this, like we know families, uh, dads and moms that work so hard that during the crazy 
first few months of COVID, it was the first time they had eaten together as families in a long time. So again, we serve a God who can take the mess and the bad and turn around for good. But when, that, when God brought that to my memory, thinking about you guys and preaching this word, the Lord said, Chris, that's how I want my children to be on their day off. I want them to play. And he spoke it to me. Listen, I'm just going to get real, real with you for a moment. You are looking and listening to a man that has been delivered from being a workaholic. And I'm just going to say this to you. In my, in my early 20s and my 30s, um, I, I never knew how to stop even on, our day, on my day off. Uh, my wife used to call me the energizer bunny. I'm, I'm, I'm more of a comic book guy, so I'm like, how about the Flash or, you know, Speed Racer? But I was constantly go, go, go all the time. And on my off day, go, 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 go. It was so bad in my 30s because, you know, it gets worse unless you build a fence and make changes. It was so bad that when we would be eating at someone's house with friends, my legs would be shaking underneath the table because I constantly was moving, constantly moving. And so... Uh, it, it was a problem, and I was in denial for a long time. And guess what? We were even successful in those years. So in the name of success, we saw God do some crazy, amazing things. In, in the name of reaching people for Jesus, we saw God bless stuff, but inside I was dying. But I was moving at Mach 10, and I never took an off day didn't rest, didn't know how to, didn't know how to stop, even if I wanted to. And if I heard a message on rest like I'm preaching to you today, I wanted to hear it, but like there was a blockage. I couldn't, couldn't get it inside. I knew things were crazy when I thought one day in my early 30s I was having a heart attack. And they took me to the hospital, plugged me into a whole bunch of wires. I mean, I had wires all over me. Can we have just one more wire, please? I mean, there was wires all over me. And literally, the doctor's like, uh, Mr. Frith, uh, your heart is strong as an ox. You didn't have a heart attack. You had an anxiety attack. And then uh, three or four years later, I had another one. And by the way, what I've learned by study and research, eventually an anxiety attack will become a heart attack. This world, I don't need to tell you, is full of anxiety. Can I tell you, and I'll get to the end of the story in a moment, but can I tell you, this is just coming to me real strong right now. There may be some people in this room that you struggle greatly with anxiety. We had some people share with us some things afterward. Can't sleep at night, full of anxiety, panic attacks, different things going on that we heard from our, our, our beloved 9 a.m. service. And here we are, 11 a.m. There may be some people in the room that you struggle with these things, or maybe like me, you're, you were a workaholic or are a workaholic. And I'm telling you, God, as simple, I know it sounds too simple, but God designed our bodies to rest. He designed our bodies to even, by the way, he came up with sleep too. He's really good at it. He Evidently, rest is very important to him. I want my children to sleep. I want my children to rest on the day. And by the way, what I'm going to end on in a moment, he wants us to not only have a day, he wants us to have a way, a way of rest, a lifestyle of rest, a mindset of rest. So, in, to end my personal story, I would still be in that trap of being a workaholic if God had not brought some incredible men into my life who called it out in me, 
sat me down. I mean, I got some serious counseling. If you're, if you're ever here and you're wondering, is counseling a good thing? It's a God thing, all right? Thank God for counseling. It indicates you want to get stronger. You want to get better. And these men took me through years of my life to help me because, and they, they showed me where it started. I watched my dad do it. I was just emulating my dad. And my dad's a great man. He's a loving man. He's awesome. But that got on me, and it went to the extreme. By the way, parents, your children will do even worse or even better. They'll always go farther either way. They'll take what we do, and they'll take it. And that was happening in me. And so these men of God spoke into my life, prayed for me. I read some books and stuff like that. And little by little, it didn't happen overnight. Little by little, I started building a fence of rest in my life to emulate the Creator. By the way, if the Creator of the universe needed a day, how much more does the creation need it? Let that sit there for a moment. If the Creator who said, let there be light when there was nothing but darkness, if He, our Almighty God, needed a day to rest, how much more does His creation need it? rest. Amen? We've got to recognize and understand the importance that fences of rest keep us health, healthy. And with the help of the Holy Spirit, I am still learning. I've been delivered from being a workaholic, but I'm still learning how to take a break. Hello? How to slow down. My wife will call it out on me in a heartbeat. If she even smells it, she'll be like, uh-uh, uh-uh, you need to slow down, mister. I hate it when she says that, personally. I don't know any men in the house. Have you noticed that the Holy Spirit's voice a lot of the time is kind of simultaneous with your wife's voice and just like, no, I can't be some manly. You are my son. I am with you. Anyway, Sorry. I'm the youth guy. So, but I'm telling you, God created this rhythm for us to walk in, to live, and to embrace a day. The Sabbath slows us down. Look right here on the quotes. Jason Stonehouse says this. This is so good. The Sabbath slows us down enough to notice what truly matters. Man, are you able to slow down? That's what this day was designed for. So my, my Sabbaths are, and we're not legalistic here at Victory. Uh, every day is, is different for every person in this room. And so my Sabbath is not Sunday. Sunday is definitely a work day. Talking about sequoia trees falling, I am going to crash this afternoon on my bed after three message preaching, all right, to you awesome people. But Friday for me and Lisa, that's our Sabbath. That's our day off. And for me that morning, I got my cup of coffee, and I have no rush time with God at all. It's just me and Him. And sometimes I got worship music playing, and sometimes I'm just listening to the birds talking to each other. And I'm just enjoying it. And this Friday, my son said, Dad, can we go see a movie? I'm like, you betcha. He's out of school now. We went to see a movie, my third, my youngest. And I screamed all the way through the movie. There was like these aliens coming after people. I was freaking out, you know. And, uh, but it was so much fun being with my son and just, you know what? My phone was away. I, did, I, had, I had like 10 emails on Saturday morning from Friday. Didn't touch them. 
unplug, disconnect, enjoy the day. We had burgers that night. It was a great day. Can we have burgers like that every, yeah, but anyway, like, but I'm just telling you, like, God wants you to enjoy your day, not work on your day. He created the day. Listen, the Sabbath was made for us. That blows my mind. Our Father is so good to us. He created a day that we could unplug and enjoy. And I just got to say this real quick. Maybe you're here today and you struggle with this, not because of workaholism or anything else, but because you're maybe a single parent or maybe you're in this place of trying to get out of debt. You've been doing two jobs. Can I just tell you this? Here's the, here's the thing. Wherever you're at in life, get to the place. You may not be there today, but get to the place that you can enjoy the day. But all of us need to learn the way of living from rest. I want to close out talking about that. Look at the scripture right here, Hebrews 4, 9 through 11. It says this, so there is a special rest still waiting for the people of God. For all who have entered God's rest have rested from their labors just as God did after creating the world. So let us do our best. Somebody say our best. Let us do our best to enter that rest. But if we disobey God as the people of Israel did, we will fall just like that sequoia. We've got we've to understand that God created this for us. But here, here's the deal, just the final thoughts to leave with you guys. Where are they? Oh, they're right there. Um, is that it would be wrong of me just to focus on the day and not talk about the way for just a few moments. So I want you to, to lean in with me just for a moment and, and, and just pay attention to this because this is crucial. Thank God for the day that we call the Sabbath. But God wants us to learn his way of rest, a mindset of rest. Some people call it a Sabbath mindset. Thank God again for the day. Somebody say a day. We, he gave us a day just for us, but he wants us to learn his way of rest. That, that, that way, and the only way we can get that is through Jesus. Because of Jesus, you and I can live and actually work from a place of rest. It's, it's mind-blowing to think about it, but you can be working. Actually, let me just give this quote to you. You can be a busy person, but live from a place of rest. You can be busy, but still be living from a place of rest. What we've got to recognize and understand is the day that God gave us is great, and I'm so thankful for it. I know you are too. But he wants us to learn his way of rest, of enjoying his presence, of creating margin in your life. Hello. Somebody's like, what's margin? Because we're going, going, God, going. But God wants us to learn margin, rest, even at night, working from rest. How about this? When you have a rough week, stress tries to jump on you. You don't have to wait for the day to get the stress off you because of Jesus who's in you, his Holy Spirit. We can actually, no, I'm not gonna take this stress. I'm gonna give it back to you, Lord. 
I'm going to walk in your rest. And when we do that, listen, the Holy Spirit whispers into your soul. He says, I'm going to bless you. I'm with you. I'm going to take that. You've given me to. You've given me this stress. Church, I'm telling you, he's given us a beautiful day called the Sabbath, a day of rest to enjoy, to exhale, to slow down, to breathe. But also, we know this, he wants us to live from that place. Earlier, Lisa just whispered to me something, my wife, that I thought was really interesting between services. A lot of times when police officers have to give the the report after a horrible accident, they'll tell a lot of times if they can figure out the reasons why. And they'll say in the report, this could have been avoided, but they were speeding at unbelievable speed. I I believe that many of us are like that. And can I tell you, those wrecks, and they happen in Atlanta a whole bunch, they're usually not just one car. It affects a lot of people. Your place of unhealth can affect a lot of people. I didn't realize that what I was going through when I was a workaholic, it was affecting our marriage. It was stressing out my children. It was stressing out my friends. I was blind to it because this was the way I thought I was until God literally ripped it out of me and healed me from it. And I'm telling you, so many of us, and this is the spirit of the world, go, 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 achieve, 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 work seven days a week and more. Can I just tell you, you can accomplish more in six days and giving God one day than you can working all seven days by yourself. I know it doesn't make sense, but it's like tithing. It works because God created it. It just works. The math doesn't make sense. God wants us to walk in his rest. He wants us to enjoy his day that he created for us. And he wants us to live his way, the God of rest. Some of us today, not because of anything I've said, but because the Holy Spirit's speaking to you right now, some of you need to rebuild a fence of rest in your life, some boundaries. No more emails on my off day. Whatever it is, unless it's 911, I am not going to return that phone call. Whatever you got to do, you know you, and God will help you. That's why we have the Holy Spirit. He's wonderful at helping us. I want to close out with this verse. Look right here with me, if you can. From Matthew 11, it says this. Are you tired? We could just stay right there, right? Are you tired? Worn out? Burned out on a religion? Look at this invitation. Come to me, Jesus says. Get away with me, and you'll recover your life. Look what he says here. I'll show you how to take real rest. Come on, somebody say it with me. Real rest. God will show us how to rest. We can't, we can't fix ourselves. We need the Holy Spirit to help us. I needed it back then. I still need him today. Look at this. He says, I'll show you how to take real rest. Walk with me and work with me. God will even tell us how to work and show us how to work. Watch how I do it, he says. I love this. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Jesus says, I won't lay anything heavy on you or ill-fitting. Keep company with me, 
and you'll live, you'll learn to live freely, hello, and lightly. Amen. Let's pray. Right where you're seated right now, I want you to make this place your chair, your space, your altar. We're about to go into a closing song of worship. And I've always thought this is the most holy moment of every service because we've worshiped at the beginning, we've heard the word, now we're checking our heart with God. And God is speaking to us in this moment. Right here in this room. Don't let anything distract you. Have your heart open to the Holy Spirit here in this moment. You got a bunch of things probably calling your name this afternoon. But right here is a holy moment for God. And I've got to ask the most important question of all before we, before I pray for all of us in this room to be people of rest. Maybe there's some people in the room today, if you're really honest with yourself and God, you're running from the Lord. You're not running after God, you're running away from Him. You're, you're living life your way and no guilt, no, no condemnation. We've all been there. I've been there. I ran from him for five years in my youth. It was the worst time of my life. Everything with Jesus is just better. But maybe you're here today in this moment. And God had you here on Memorial Day weekend to hear from a Bama boy about the power of rest and living the way of rest. But inside your soul, in your soul, there's turmoil. There's true struggle. You feel like you're drowning. And today, I would say to you, today is the day of salvation. Today is the day to come back to Jesus. Today is the day to surrender to the Lord. Today is the day to start running after Him. So if you're in this room right now, I'm not here to embarrass you. We're not here to point you out. Everybody's praying. They're checking their own hearts. You're in a safe place. But if you're here today and you're running from God and you want to say, hey, that's me, but today I want to surrender and begin to run after him. If that's you, can I just ask you to raise your hand and say, Pastor, pray for me. All across this room, if you're here today, I'm running from God, but today I'm turning in my running shoes. I'm going to surrender my life to the Lord. Yeah, God sees your heart. God sees your heart. This is your moment. This is your time. Anybody else? God, help us, Lord. Surrender to you. We give you our life. We give you our hearts. We give you the keys of the steering wheel of our lives, oh God. You're our Lord. You're our master. You're our friend. You're our king. Come on, right where you're at, would you just put your hand on your heart, everybody? That's your root system right there. This is your core. This is who you are. This is what he died for. This is what he wants, our hearts. I'm going to pray. And there were several in the room that raised their hand, but for all of us, just agree with me. Father, we come to you today in Jesus' name, and we thank you, Lord. We thank you, O oh God, that you sent your only son to live and to die to take on the sins of the world 
But Lord, we thank you that your son Jesus rose from the dead. And Lord, we thank you that you were thinking of us when that plan was accomplished. You were thinking of us. You're always thinking about us, even down to a day of rest. And so Lord, for those in the room that have been running from you, God, today we surrender our lives to you, Jesus. We say, have your way in our lives. God, forgive us. We repent of living our life our way. We give you the steering wheel of our heart. We submit to you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you are real, that you really died, and you really rose from the dead. And we confess that you are Lord and Savior. And we recommit our run to you. We want to run after you. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. You never stop running after us. We bless you and we praise you. In Jesus' name. Come on, church, let's stand together and worship the Lord.